Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, listeners. Just a quick note before today's show. We have a special guest on. His name is Kwesi Mensah. He's a very funny comedian and writer from Boston. And uh, it turns out his microphone cut out for the last few minutes of the show. So uh, I will interrupt again to let you know when that happens. But... uh, we know. Sorry. Sorry ahead of time. We know. Um, and until then, enjoy the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Law & Order Special Viewing Unit, the show where we view, review, and lovingly ridicule everyone's favorite cop drama, Law and Order Special Viewing Victims Unit, not Special Viewing Unit. That's this podcast. I am your host Matt Reuter, joined as always. What show? What show do we do? Uh, we do special Special Victims Unit, Aviv, not Special Viewing Unit. That's uh, that's this podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Reuter, joined uh, by my lovely co-host, one Mr. Aviv Rubenstein. If you couldn't tell, Hello, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, to, so we're a little. Please listen to our Splinter podcast, Law and Order Special Viewing Unit, Special Viewing Unit, where we review which is a show that views. Reviews and lovingly mocks episodes of Law and Order Special Viewing Unit, right, but what, the we, show that views yeah, reviews we, and lovingly mocks yeah. Law and Order Special Victims. It's Unit. a completely meta podcast. It's like looking at two mirrors. It just keeps going forever and ever and ever. It's it's yeah. it's very fitting of the times. It's like I a think. Russian nesting doll. Oh. <laughs> how are you? Strategically, how are you today, Matt? Strategic use of Russian nesting doll there, Aviv. Say again? Strategic use of the word Russian nesting doll? Emphasis on, oh, on no. Russian? Oh, I no. I, I have decided that I, I no longer want to talk about polit- like current events on this podcast for two reasons. One is not- I'm going to give myself a heart attack. And two is that we we have a, like a delay between two and five week delay on posting episodes and so like the tomorrow something even crazier is gonna happen and then people are gonna listen to our podcast in two weeks and be like oh they're still talking about the Russia thing now we're all you know living on the moon because we had to <laughs> yeah no, like you definitely don't want sorry I don't know if I'm supposed to jump who in the yet. fuck is that oh what the <laughs> hell whoa are we being invaded by the Russians <laughs> He sounds Russian. So we have a special guest. We have a special guest today. We have a special guest today. The yes, lovely, the, the the very funny Kwesi Mensa is is live from Boston. Yes. I is it spoiled Men- the Mens- surprise. Mensa or Mensa? Mensa. 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 Like yeah. the smart people. Yes, like the smart people. Oh, there you go. Like the smart people. 
Uh, Quessy, the heir to the Mensa fortune, <laughs> is is joining us today. How are you today, Quessy? Good. I, I I guess you know about a fortune I don't know about. I would oh, love you, if there was a you, fortune. You didn't hear about this about the about the uh, the Rams. fortune that you are you are on the verge of inheriting. No one told you about this. Yeah, entitled to. <laughs> yeah, Matt. By well, the way, I guess the- I just. I'm that Niger. I'm the one person that didn't get the Nigerian prince email. <laughs> you you got it. You just should have believed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Matt, please by believe the way, is the me. Heir to the Reuters news fortune. Oh, that's true. Uh, I it's <laughs> I I wish, but um, wow. Yeah. No, that's a uh, no no relation. Apparently, it's uh, over in Germany. Uh, the the last name Reuters is like Smith over here. So uh, it's really that's just kind of like a common thing i don't know um but the boy that'd be nice wouldn't it <laughs> yeah there's no there's no fun rubensteins there's like arthur rubenstein who's like a piano player and that's it i think there's a ton of rubensteins out in hollywood though oh i no. <laughs> I, tell, I take your meaning <laughs> no, 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 i'm just saying like i mean uh Fucking like a, a, a really Nick- bringing in that uh, Breitbart audience. Well, I, yeah, right. <laughs> Look, we're we're, we're I tell- we are straight shooters respected on all sides here. Right? That's that's what this is. All right, so we got to appeal to all all sides. Are we are we fair and balanced? Not fucking <laughs> in the least. Um. So did I tell you about the 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 the? Okay, so this is a deep cut story. Wait, is this the bagel uh, story? I, I think that I've told you this, Matt. So I worked uh, the bagel story. Yeah, where you went to like that, no, that no, not the bagel It's story. like, Aviv, you're Jewish, don't you like bagels? And it was just where like... I went to a meeting and they just made fun of my Judaism. Wait, what? Via bagels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went to a general. So, so for for those of you not in the know, a general is just like a meeting between a writer or director or production company, and it's not about anything. It's just like a hi, how are you? What, like, what do you have for me? What do I have for you? And so I went to one of those, and they had like a spread of bagels out, and then there was this like pregnant pause, which is like, you like bagels, right? <laughs> but that's not the story I went to. I I a few years ago I was AD which means assistant director, on a Christian movie uh, called Lake of Fire. Don't Google it because it's never going to come out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and um, the director, the director, as we were doing pre-production, oh, told me that he wanted, he wanted my Jewish name in the credits of his movie because the Jews run Hollywood. Wow. He told me that in front of like everybody else. And I was like, well, all right, then guy. It's like, it's, uh, is, is my paycheck wow, still, insane. it's like, is yeah, my paycheck going to clear? Like, that's really all I care about at this point. Yeah. Like, put, I, so, put me in your movie yeah. for whatever reason. As long as you pay me, uh, I don't care. Yeah. As long as it's in American dollars, I'm fine. Yeah. That's, that's the way to go. You can be as racist as you want. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's our racism corner. Um, yeah, we're joined today. <laughs> yeah, we're joined today by Kwesi Mensa, <laughs> who is, uh, a writer and stand up in Boston who's very funny and who I know have known for a little bit. Uh, how are you today, Kwesi? I am doing well. The, uh, gates of hell opened up in Boston. We just got a flash flood. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Like currently, like Like right now, the new Castlevania, the scene where everything like blood rains down from the heavens. (laughs) Yeah. Wrong audience. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. No Castlevania fans. Okay. 
But no, uh, but yeah, other than that, things are fine. I just did uh, an hour of stand-up uh, a couple weeks ago. Nice. Uh, that was fun. Uh, and now I'm like in that weird place where I don't know what I'm doing next to the comedy. And the overachiever in me is just like, you must find a next goal to do. Well, so did you record this hour? Are you going to like release it anywhere? So it is recorded. Uh, and we're definitely using, there's like two recordings. There's like a Saturday and a Sunday. And it's funny because the Saturday had all of my girlfriend's family there. And they were like really cool, awesome, supportive. But it's also not a lot of people who got the comedy shows. So like they come, they're those people who come after you afterwards and tell you you were really funny, but didn't necessarily laugh a ton during the show, which is <laughs> aggravating sure. as a stand up. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. The Sunday has uh, audio and video, but then also part of me is not sure. Uh, one of the things is I don't know if I'm ready to throw away an hour of material for the 20 people who will watch it yet. So I think I'm just going to have in my back pocket the show Bookers and try and book colleges and stuff. Oh, shit. A little, sounds... a little peek behind the curtain of the stand-up circuit yeah. and the dilemmas that, uh, that comedians face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when you, you probably have like done shorts that are like, this is, my, this is for me to make experience, but to right. get experience, but not necessarily like to show people as part of my portfolio and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I will say, interesting uh, question, for, for me at least, Have you, uh, are you watching I'm Dying Up Here? So it's funny. A lot of people have told me to watch it. I have not gotten to it yet. I know a lot of stand-ups who like, love and hate different parts of it. It's also like a very different, like it's about 70 stand-up where people are getting right. paid in cocaine. Say, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it before I told you that uh, a friend of mine plays Richard Pryor on that show. Wait, really? Yeah, Who's my friend? friend Brandon. Brandon, his what's it? Brandon Green. Brandon Ford okay. Green. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm starting to get to the place where I can kind of know comics by name. Oh, like well, he's not, a, he's stuff, not or? a comic. He's a, okay. he's a, just an actor. Okay. So there's always this interesting thing when they try to get uh, actors to play stand-ups. Uh, because it's a very different sort of timing. Like, uh, uh, I think there's a Rob De Niro movie lately where he was supposed to play a stand-up. I haven't seen it yet, but all the people uh, have A Rob it. De Niro movie? Yeah, uh, De Niro. I think he was supposed to play a stand-up. Yeah, but no one he... calls him Rob. Oh, Robert. <laughs> yeah, Robert Bobby. or or, Bo- or Bob. It's usually Bo- Bob De Niro is like to his friends. No, see, we're both from we're both from New York, so I feel I can call I can slip them that in. Is that slip how that works Rob with Robert in? De Niro? Like, yeah, if you're just I'll, from New York, you can throw a Rob in I'm there. I'm gonna start calling Bobby De Niro. Um, all right, so this is this is uh, special viewing unit, the show where we view, review, and lovingly mock everyone's favorite cop here about Law and Order Special Victims Unit, uh, and also whenever we meander and talk about all things pop culture, and then eventually arrive at our episode. And since we've been going for uh, about oh, forty God. minutes now, like an this hour, is gonna be fun yeah. for you to. Yeah. Edit. So, Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Questy, whenever we have a guest on, we always like to uh, talk to them about what is their history with SVU. Um, do you do you regularly watch the show? Have you mm-hmm. in the past? Uh, are you? What's your experience with the Law and Order universe? No, so, I definitely watch SVU. Uh, I just I normally for me it's more like the thing you put on on USA and the weekends. Uh, USA the network. Uh, and you just watch like hours and hours of the thing you put on in America. Yeah. (laughs) It's America's background TV show. Yeah. 
Yeah, make, so, I mean, make America I guess, background I, again. But I've never been one of the people who like watched it live or whatnot, and it's been weird. Like, uh, uh, like I'm also a cord cutter, so I don't have like whatever I watch TV. It's actually well, in theory, whenever I watch TV, it's like a real conscientious thing. So I don't just have something in the background a lot. Uh, my girlfriend uh, watches Law and Order SVU also, um, but it's weird, like. Uh, but I think it's for the most of its run, it's been a really good job of just being like you know not super serial, which it has been doing the last couple of years though. So which makes it harder to like jump in and get a sense of everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting since I I, I know Aviv and I, I've said this a million times, we haven't really watched any of the the newer seasons. So eventually, whenever uh-huh. we get there, like thirty years from now, doing this podcast, um, yeah. it'll be She's like wait a second, nuts. so se- season seventeen. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. As we're like getting ready for retirement. Um Yeah, so that's interesting. Um so this this week's episode Oh, actually before we get into uh, actually viewing and reviewing the episode and, and skewering it and talking about it, this was a good week good episode this week. Uh we have some housekeeping. Um so we did yeah, we got get some, a bit of some mailbag. Mailbag. Yes, we did mm-hmm. have a little bit of mailbag. I don't know if we had anything from Twitter, but uh from oh, we did. email we okay, so we we got some some shit from uh, our super fan, excuse me, Lily Atsith. If I'm hey, Lily. That correctly, uh, hi, Lily. So we got some mad shit. I don't recall the specific episode where we were talking about Anthony Edwards, but she gave us uh, an earful about the fact that we did not come up with the fact that uh, he was also in Top Gun. Yeah, um, he was goose. He was goose in Top Gun, and we totally. Uh, Anthony Anderson, star of Blackish, played goose in Top Gun. It's like a. Oh, that, that it was a an- real Anthony? transformation for him. Anthony Wait, Edwards. I, I, he I disappeared into Edwards. the character. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was, yes, he, so he, that's, that's our bad for not for biffing that one uh, pretty hardcore. So, uh, yes. Lily, sorry about that. Uh, and sorry that you won't hear a response to your email that you sent us a while ago for another <laughs> year. however many weeks. So it'll be yeah. next year by the time you get your apologies. In addition, uh, Christine Allison at Christine and 64 Christine with a CH, uh, sent us a picture mm-hmm. of a horse and said, uh, that moment that I see an ad and can only think of Aviv's horse-hating producer friend. And she sent a picture <laughs> of a horse, uh, an ad for Lloyd's Bank. Uh, and it's just a horse. Oh, the horses. Okay, so before we get uh, going on tonight's episode of Eve, you are going to do what you normally... Oh, first got to oh, tell man. the listeners, uh, all of the episodes are available to watch on Hulu. So we recommend yes. that you watch tonight's episode, which is going to be Season 3, Episode 14, titled Counterfeit. Uh, Hi, episode. And watch that. Yeah, uh, go ahead and watch the episode before you hear everyone's take on it. It's going to make a little bit more sense, or don't. Uh, you know, <laughs> live your life. That's that's your decision. Um so, Aviv, uh, as usual, hit us oh, with a 60-second recap of what the hell happened on this week's episode of SVU. Well, th- this week's episode is a threefer, because there are three episodes that I find interesting in it, in it. First off, a woman is found in her car. She's been raped and killed. Turns out she was in... Uh, the like in some in embroiled in some sort of like fake drug scandal to try as like corporate espionage, and they really like the boss for that. And it turns out, nope, uh, it's a serial uh rape murder kind of fella. Um, and they find some cop uh paraphernalia under the victim second victim's fingernails, some blue fiber, some whatnots, some what have yous. Uh. And so they, they check out for some dirty cops. Turns out, nope, 
maybe, maybe not Dirty Cops, maybe not the Dirty Cops that we think of, uh, and there's this, like, third episode that happens all of a sudden, which is, like, a serial killer kind of 70 episode, so we really, we really got our money's worth on this one. Yeah, so this was basically like a, a buddy cop episode because we have uh, it's it's not our normal duo. Uh, oh yeah! It is, instead, it's yeah. Finn and Liv teaming up. Um, I love it. I love everything about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it so was really so it was really funny about the three episodes in one. Is I remember when they started doing the drug storyline, and in my head, I was thinking, "Oh yeah, I've seen this episode," and like, doesn't this happen? This other thing, da 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 da. And then they took the hard left turn. And I was like, "Oh, my memory just completely and totally screwed with me." I, I find myself conflicted on this because it's like it was good misdirection because it like it kept you guessing the whole time. But then it was at the same time, it's like, "What the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, does anyone have any idea what the fuck they're doing in this week's episode, or is it just literally yeah. they just took three different writers' <laughs> scripts and just somehow like weaved them together?" Yeah, yeah I, I and and unfortunately for me. My favorite of the three was the first one. So when they kept yeah. going further away from that, I was like, no, go back. It's like, no, no, no. The drug storyline is the most interesting. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah I um, think there's like, I think there's a, a, there's someone should spec the rest of that storyline as an episode. Or I guess now we're like, however many years to remove from it though. So it doesn't make any sense, but Yeah. I would have watched the rest of that storyline. I super no, would I have, mean, too. I mean, they've done so many episodes, they really could just start recycling all storylines, and I don't think anyone would know the difference, except maybe <laughs> us, when eventually we got to reviewing it. Um, so there's really not a good check and balance on the, the SVU Dick Wolf universe right now. They could get away with whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Um, so yeah, opening scene, like, so we always talk about like how stereotypical New York, they make every other character other than our detectives. But my God, like the two cops, they're like they're they're investigating a, a car that's just there. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Because and, and you always you always make fun of me for the like uh, Andrew Dice Clay impression that I do of no, but that's what this was like. These yeah, it's a couple of Dice Mans being like, "Hey, my old Malay's busting my balls. What's this guy doing here?" Boom. <laughs> Yeah, and so they're like, "What?" Yeah, so that's that's basically clear. But they're like, "What?" There's a car here. Let's let's ch- let's check it out. There's no other crime going on in New York City, I'm sure. Um, and I guess they're like taking bets whether or not it's gonna be like a guy like getting like insurance something. fraud, right? Well, I think so. There's yeah. a couple a couple theories they floated. Was one that the guy initially when they were approaching the car was that there was a guy basically probably having sex with a, a hooker in the car, and then they get to the car. There's no guy. So then Which like, actually oh, is it. not far off from, like, something that happens later in the episode. No, so, like, that seemed right. like a reasonable assumption. And then they're like, okay, there's no one here. So it's got to be a guy's going to ditch the car and uh, report it stolen for, like, the insurance money or, or whatever the case may be. Fine. No. Nope. That's plausible, I guess, enough of a story that a cop would come up with. And then they just discover a dead body. So they're like, oh, never mind. It's that's it's it's none of these things. The, but it was like this it's is we- why they're not detectives yet. Yeah, but it was also like it wasn't like, oh my god, there's a dead body. It was like, all right, I guess I'll off my bet. Like it was very, very <laughs> they're not surprised by this anymore. They right. have it was like the, the priority use, straight. Worst use yeah. of like deadpan acting like at the wrong moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's like, you know, you can do like a deadpan 
delivery of a joke or something like that, and it'll make it funnier. But like instead of like going from like Andrew Dice Clay to be like, oh, it's a dead body. I wah, I also wah, like wah. so I usually like all these bit parts, but in in this episode, there's like a there's like a real problem. There's a the the minor parts in this are are really struggling. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the dead body, to, so by they, the way, looks like carrot top. If there's like a, I, I see like <laughs> orange curly hair. That would have been hilarious if they did make a carrot top joke. I I would have laughed for a good sixty seconds if they had made that joke <laughs> through the commercial break. <laughs> it's a it's a real missed opportunity. Um, but instead, what we get is uh, Finn is on the scene, and then Liv shows up. Uh, in like a sequined like cocktail dress, she looks like she, yeah, uh, yeah. She's, like Tina Turner dress. Yeah, they, no, but she they got never... like ten different people telling her how hot she looked at it. <laughs> right? Did she even like? I missed missed the line because I was like like writing down my notes and stuff like that. Did she say a line about how she was like on a date or something? Yeah, like that? she was, was on a like, date. Yeah. Okay, I assume that's what yeah. happened because I just got the like everyone was like, "Oh, you look so good," and her just being like, uh, "What do we got?" Like not addressing <laughs> the fact that it's like, "Why are you?" Why are you in this dress? Um, I also noticed, like, very prominently, and I don't know if we talked about this, and I actually don't recall if this was the case last week as well. Like, everyone is very prominently wearing um, the, the morning the, bands the, over their Yeah, badges. this is the first one I, I really noticed that they're wearing the, ba- the like, 9-11 thing yeah. over, their, so there was over the, their badges. The morning badges, yeah. but then also there's the comment about, like, oh, where Liv says, like, oh, what are you doing here at a Finn, as opposed to it being, like, Stabler or Munch or whatever like that. And Finn says something to the effect of like, oh, he's he called out sick or something like that. And Liv says like, oh, he's such a hypochondriac. He says that like this is got to be like the anthrax. fifth time this week. Yeah. He has yeah. anthrax. And I wrote down, I was like, okay, so this is obviously the first one that they must have filmed after 9-11. The timeline fits, not in terms of the air date, but ever since they filmed it. Yeah, but then I they agree. Also, like, I, I also wanted to comment on the fact where she says... It's like the fifth time this week he thinks he has anthrax. Anthrax is not something you get afflicted with. <laughs> anthrax is Gets the thing killed. Yeah. that yeah that is yeah. the is the thing that actually like kills you. So well, I think what, they've what? already set him up as enough of a conspiracy. Excuse me. Uh, this is have by season three. Have they set him up as a, a conspiracy yeah. enough? Yeah, not yeah, enough yeah. That you can. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. But no, I yeah. my issue is more so with the fact that they're saying that like. He has anthrax like it's an illness. Anthrax, yeah, is, anthrax gets you sick with something, but it doesn't get you sick with anthrax. Yeah, anthrax is a poison. Right. So you know that was that was my my issue. It was more, it was a it was a sloppy use of language. <laughs> sloppy use of the term anthrax. So yeah, our dead our dead body is named Paula Grace. Uh, and, um, and they're like kind of looking around the, the crime scene or potential crime. Well, it's definitely a crime scene. And, uh, yeah. And Melinda Waller is like, oh shit. She, yeah, she raped, she was raped. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, and, and then Finn like breaks into the, breaks into the car that was sitting there. Breaks into oh, the I love like the old drug dealer trick. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, we have and, to, we, we get the reminder that Finn was previously in the narcotics unit, and he's like, "Well, let's let's check." He's like, "Oh, I checked the the basically the cabin of the car, and there's nothing in there. I haven't checked the trunk yet." So Liv goes up, and she's like, "Oh, the the trunk release isn't working." And Finn's like, "Yeah, we tried the keys too." He's like, "Oh, I got an old like an old narco trick, or like you know sometimes they do this where you know a, a drug dealer will <laughs> disable, basically change the." the 
lock on the trunk so you can't get in there except for using a different key and disable the thing so cops can't get in there. And he's like, don't worry. Like, I'll break into this. And Liv's like, in a previous life, were you were you a car thief? And he's like, nah. But he literally says, like, nah, He says, baby. nah, like, baby. Really, like, yeah. In, like, a seductive love, yeah. way. <laughs> it was like, is is Finn trying to have sex with Liv, right? He's like, nah, baby, I got you. Don't worry. Like, I'm like a Boy <laughs> Scout. Always be prepared. Like, I was about to, like, like what? Like, really sexual, I don't even know if they're undertones. Like, overtones at this point? He's- He's a real he's a real ladies man in this one. Well, I guess I didn't get it like a sexual tone, just like that little bit of like nah, baby, like that little sense of like there's this whole part of you you don't know about me, like you try that, <laughs> that level of smoothness, which is totally true in this episode from what we find out later about him. True, true, yeah, yeah. By the way, I, that ludicrous storyline is like what? one of my favorite SV the. This is like jumping ahead a couple seasons, but that whole storyline with Ludacris. Ludacris you know, is like, in yeah, an Matthew. episode? Yes. Oh, am I spoiling this for you guys? I, no, I, 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 know, so, I know what you're talking about. Thus far, oh, okay. I have I will stop never talking. seen I'll stop an talking. episode that we have reviewed. Wait, what? Next season is when you're going to start seeing the episodes like, that you've like, seen before, Aviv. As uh, we've seen Oh, uh, okay. You've never... You got into SVU later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, you also, have that think, to look forward to. I also think that there's like this sort of very casual, blatant sexism that he shows her by calling her baby that I think is yeah. is paid off in ma- many different ways later on in the episode, which like I don't love because right. like, come on, Finn, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Choice this week, given the kind of it's it's not even subtle like sexism. No, and, not like, subtle. Pro- problems with you know women reporting sexual assaults uh, and not being believed. And we, I mean, gonna, we tackle yeah, this. We can talk all about that. We we've talked yeah. about this on the podcast a bunch, but we're going to talk about it again because it's very prominent in this week's episode. So if we sound like a broken record, uh, sorry, but we can't not address it this week. Yeah, sorry, that's why, society. Why do you guys <laughs> why do you guys talk about rape so much on this show? No, not so much that you <laughs> ass. That's not what I meant. You know it. Um, so they opened the, the trunk and they discover what appears to be just like Costco-sized bins of what look like ibuprofen. Yeah, it's not huge, ibuprofen. It's yeah. huge bins. Yeah, and it's apparently some drug called uh, Rytex. 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 Yeah, Rytex. Uh, so they're like, "Well, what the hell is going on here? No one knows." Right. And so there, there's our, there's our, uh, our, our theme. 
So I don't. I have no funny joke to make about this. Yeah, I mean, my only joke is the fact that they they literally look like it's just like if you went to Costco and got like like an Utz pretzel container and filled it with ibuprofen. Yeah, like knockoff ibuprofen. Yeah. That's what. That's what this looks like. Well, it turns out that it is it is very similar to that. <laughs> I mean, from, yeah. <laughs> Funny you should uh, mention that. Yeah. So we come back from our theme, and it's like the next day. Liv is still in her nice dress. We know this because she walks into the squad room, and some random dude's like, nice dress. Yeah, no, I thought like, it was the captain. That oh, it was Kragen. Some random yeah, captain. Like, yeah. People are fucking, like, catcalling her, like, in the police <laughs> station. <laughs> Oh, did they bring you in for the for a vice bust? Oh, <laughs> that actually that would have worked really well if it yeah. was a, if, like if if Stabler was there for whatever reason and like said something to that effect. Like that joke actually would have worked. Or 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 if some rando fucking said it and then Stabler just shot him in the face. Also would have worked. <laughs> also would have worked. Well, what we're not in the the crazy Stabler phase yet, right? No, no, no. Stabler's, okay. Stabler's well, barely I in mean, this episode, but he's he's a li- he's a little nuts, but he's not like completely off the rails. Well, I mean, question to answer your question, he's always sort of in that. It's just like varying degrees of it, <laughs> right? Well, I guess like in my head, it's like two or three seasons before like there's like an episode where he is, goes undercover as like a child molester or something. Anyway, wait, sorry, what? I'm- wait. I don't even know of that one. Well, I, let's. I, I know some of those. Okay, goes sorry. Under undercover for like drug dealers or, and stuff like that. No, there's so this is one of the problems about watching it on USA. Oh, is wait, like no, a, no, no, wait. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know the so episode you're talking about. We have a running theory that the series finale of the show will reveal that Elliot Stabler is the is the most notorious child molester in New York history. And, like, the very last shot is going to be them, like, bursting into an office, and the chair is turned around the other way, and Olivia's pointing her gun, and she says, you know, we've got, we've got you, and he tur- and it turns around, and it's Elliot, and the last line of the show is going to be him being like, what took you so long? Dick Wolf forever. Wow. That would like, be amazing. That they- would be the best, worst ending to a television series <laughs> ever. I don't give a hot shit. That'd be so good. Just a giant middle finger. Just the credit should just be a giant middle finger to the audience. Pretty much. <laughs> but I mean, but what a way to go. Oh, go out. So it turns out Ritex is a hot new cancer drug and they call it a hot new cancer drug as though it's like <laughs> the new Jay-Z album. New York's hottest cancer drug is Ritex. And I knew it was weird because the guy used the word efficacious to describe oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wrote yeah. That he down. Said I was like, no one uses that word. Yeah, that's why I yeah. thought he was the killer, actually, is because he used the word <laughs> efficacious. And he also said, we're all in shock. Yeah, like, so with this yeah. guy's, so, all right, we got to talk about this guy's performance. So they, they go to the lab. This fucking guy. To, so <laughs> they go to the, the lab um, to talk to, like, everyone else is in, like, lab coats, everything like that. And this dude's just strolling around in this suit. So I'm like, what the fuck is he doing there? Um, so they're talking to him. So apparently, like, so, they they find out that the the victim did she live she lived in New York City but worked in Westchester or was it vice versa? I don't know. Uh, yeah, lived in New York, worked in uh, Westchester. Yeah, so they go all the way out to fucking Westchester to talk to this guy, and he basically gives the rundown of basically being like, oh, we you know, there's a similar drug to treat esophageal cancer. Is that what it was? And. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's what Ritex is. Yeah, Ritex. And, but we're developing a drug that we think is going to be better. So, you know, there you go. There's it's no reason all- for her to have Ritex to begin with. Right. right, so they're trying to figure out, like, why the fuck does she have basically, like, a million dollars worth of drugs in the uh, the trunk of her car. Fine. But we got to talk about this guy's performance because, like, I, he, he, the, his acting style, the, only, the best way that I can describe it is he's either doing his best William Shatner impression or he saw that, ep- <laughs> or he saw that episode of Friends where Joey describes what he learned as the smell the fart acting where you deliver a line and then look off dramatically and then finish your line. <laughs> he, yeah, he's either <laughs> like, doing the, the best William Shatner impression or the worst William Shatner impression. And I don't know. I don't know which would be better for this scene. But my God, like my God, yeah. What the fuck is with this guy? Um, but he also mentioned something important, or kind of important, which is that um, she like refused to move closer to work because she like likes her job and she likes traveling. Uh, like her car time is the best time of her day, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, for anyone who's ever had, like, a long commute... Yeah, that's not true. Like, being stuck yeah. in a car, that is literally the worst part of your day. I live in L.A. I can <laughs> confirm that that is a lie. This yeah, is whenever, also before podcasts and whatnot, too. So she was just listening there, listening to some morning radio. Some, oh, some morning radio. Yeah. Like... Crazy Ira and the douche. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, I... I so immediately... I, my bullshit detector went off where it's like, there's no, no, no. Bullshit. Yeah, he, for anyone he said that's for that long. Like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, even if you're in a nice car, I don't give a shit. Fuck all of that. Even if you're in a self driving car. I mean, then you could even presumably drive or uh, yeah, you could at least jerk off. Drive. Yeah. Yeah, you can do something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You went to, you went to sleep. I went to jerk off. Yeah. I, yeah. I went yeah. to, uh, <laughs> Because I assumed if it was a long commute, you'd have to get up earlier so you could just nap in the car. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, okay. I I mean, I don't know what your (laughs) masturbation schedule normally is, Aviv. I don't know when you get most of your Uh, jerk-off time in. It's about 5.30 on a Wednesday. A.M. or P.M.? (laughs) Pacific time. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. So you hesitated too long, so I feel like you meant AM there, but you think no, it check, sound No, check weird. what time it is, Matt. Yeah, he's trying to... He's... Oh, I see what you're saying here. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, Aviv. I gotcha. I, I see what you're but saying. It, but it didn't, it didn't line up with the joke that I was making about getting up early and sleeping in the car, and you said jerking off. There's so, no, you know, it was... Yeah, there's no real... We, weren't, we didn't yes and each other. No, we, it's just, it's, yeah, we, we negated each other's choices. I'm sorry, Aviv. I really, okay. I really I'm, I'm fucked sorry up too, the there. I really fudged um, it up there, Aviv. Well, okay. So, oh my God. So then they, they, they get some lab reports back and it is, it is <coughs> said that this guy, there's no semen from, from Warner, that there's no semen uh, but he did use Rough Rider condoms, which is like yes. not a great thing to name a condom brand. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not so at all. I, I was like, really? Like, that's that's what the fuck. But like, I feel like, isn't that an actual like off brand of condom? 
Is it real? Well, here we're going to find out. I feel like it's one of those like off-brand condoms that you find in like the condom vending machines in like a like a gas station. No, I so I think I remember those like that those being condoms you could have. Uh, Whoa! Like the type of condom brand no one should ever use because it's like yeah, this thing is like fucking Swiss cheese. No, but, the, it's an actual thing. Like it's I'm seeing a real it on thing. Google now. You can get it yeah. on condomdepot.com. Condomdepot.com, you say? Yeah, mm. condomdepot.com. You're, <laughs> I can't even do it. Condomdepot.com. <laughs> your one-stop shop for all really weird condom places. Condom, this condom brands. shop has everything. Rough Riders. That's it. That's, that's all they all, have. That's all. Apparently. Yeah, that's all they have. They just have Rough Riders. Um, so here's the question. Do you think Rough Riders, whenever they saw this episode, like the CEO was just like, what the fuck? I don't want my name associated with this bullshit episode that the, that the rapist is using my yeah, brand of condom. Uh, yeah. Or, I or get, would that be, so or would weird. that be better? Because it's like, well, or they look, could just be playing to a really weird crowd. Yeah. No such thing as bad too. press. Because yeah. I feel like you could be like, well, see, like, look how effectively it performed. It didn't break while this guy apparently was beating the shit out of this woman and raping her. Oh so, gosh. you know, testament to our product. Hey. Eh? Yeah. Also, yeah, so mean, they have yeah. like when life a, hands you lemons. They have like a all I know is this on their on their box. It's like a it's like, like the, a Uma Thurman kind of looking biker lady. Fucking, like I didn't get a good look, but for like when I just glanced because I was taking notes about the. This, but I was like, when I looked at it, it was like it looked like it was torn from the pages of like heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I think that their logo should be Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> See, I was gonna go with uh, DMX. Oh, that'd be a good one. Uh, but that's a real that's a real boner killer. Just like opening up a condom with DMX's wait. face on the on the. As opposed to Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, very erotic. <laughs> very erotic. Aviv, you know, we're, we always learn so much about you and your sexual preferences. And it's <laughs> every everything that I learn, I get a little more scared for Leanne, frankly. Um, sure. That's fair. So it's, right? Like, I, I really, this like, just next in. time you come to... Next time you come to uh, D.C., I'm going to take you to Teddy Roosevelt Island because there's a great big giant statue to Teddy Roosevelt. And I just want to sit there and, like, watch your reaction to him. And Cassie's looking at me right now like she is very concerned for both me and you, Aviv. I've gotten (laughs) some texts from the other room that are like, what are you talking about? Oh, oh boy, Aviv. Well, you know what? She knew what she was getting in. So they go into the, (laughs) did she? So they go into the forensics lab and there's like a (laughs) Lego set there. Yeah. That was really weird to me. The fact that it's like, oh. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My kid was here playing with it. Let's, let's, why map is your out kid in the fucking lab? It. Don't, no, don't do that. Doesn't that have to be like a sterile environment for all the tests that they're doing? Yeah, yeah. that's what I... Oh. Kids are dirty. Also, shouldn't they have like a little daycare center thing? Like, I'm picturing like future SVU episodes where they're like, well, we had the forensic ev- like stapler on the stand. It's like, detective, can you tell me why there is a Lego in this semen sample? And it's like, no. <laughs> like, wh- huh? And I also... Uh, so- I. I- I went the opposite direction with it because so they use this le- like they use this Lego. He like built a scale model of the crime scene, and so my head is like, oh, this is when they're gonna start doing the like every episode. The guy builds a scale model of the crime scene out of Legos, a la Doc Brown and Back to the Future. Like I'm see what I'm now picturing is like now that you mentioned it, like what I really want to happen is like you know sometimes they'll create like those like CGI like badly computer animated um, recreations of the crime as like the prosecution or the defense thinks that the crime <laughs> yeah, actually that's, happened. That's but like a you, that's like a, a CSI thing that they do a lot. Right, like mm-hmm. I want them to do that, but basically like akin to the Lego movie with just like <laughs> Lego characters instead. God, Lego movie's so good. Or, like, I want to see, like, the next Lego movie where it's actually just, like, horrifically, like, violent and, and like, Yeah, the R- an R-rated Lego movie? I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch that, too. Uh, so, the the big reveal in this forensics lab is the, the Rytex that they, that was in the trunk was, like, fake. It was, it was not a real, it was not real Rytex. It wasn't a real cancer drug. It was, like, worthless. Well, no, I don't think that's the well. That that is a big reveal. The other big reveal of the scene is whenever the guy's like, "Oh, like yeah, my kid." Whenever he comes to the lab, he's got to leave me with something. And Finn's like, "Oh, my kid loves playing with Legos too." And Liv gives one of those like, "What the what looks?" And it's yeah. just never addressed. <laughs> well, it's addressed later but, on in the in like, the episode. But but it's not yeah. really. It's just like yeah, I've got a kid. Yeah. The end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the joke. Oh, uh, well, they go into that a lot later on. That's the whole... God damn it. See, that's the one... I'll, they'll talk about that later. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Yeah, no, uh... I, I, I just want yeah. him to be... I just want him to be, like, Tracy Jordan's kid on um, on 30 <laughs> Rock, where he's, like, an adult and, like, just conning him. Yeah, he's actually <laughs> older than Tracy Jordan. Daddy. <laughs> That's all I got. Where were and another? No, where were we in this episode? Oh yeah, so Finn's got a kid. Finn's got a kid. And uh, and counterfeit drugs. And you've got to be a real piece of shit to sell counterfeit fucking cancer drugs. I think Archer Correct. had a really good uh, episode where yeah, that's, that's what was right. happening to him. Oh, the revengeing or something like. Oh, oh it was, man. Uh, the, uh, in terms of enrampagement. Yes, enrampagement. Yes. Oh my god, I love Archer so much. Uh. <laughs> um. So they go to they go to uh. Paula Grace's apartment and it's like very nice like too nice for her to live in on her salary 
And Finn does not let that go without a comment. He says, living above your means, living above her means, you ladies are all alike. Well, no, 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 but Fuck here's the you. thing. So, so, no, there's there's a very, he <laughs> does say that, and that apartment that they are in is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. Uh, so, they make that comment, but it was at a very specific time. It wasn't whenever they first get into the apartment. They're very curious how she's affording it, at, you know, on her salary, but they don't make a comment until they go into the bedroom, and they see, apparently, she was moving out, so, like, all right. of her, her stuff started to get packed up, and Liv starts going through her clothes, and... That's and she's like, oh, it's like Gucci and Prada and like all this designer stuff. And that's when Finn makes the comment where it was like, oh, like typical women living above her right. her yes, means or whatever true. like that. Like it's basically the line is is essentially like you know bitches be shopping. So you're a stand up. You you have your women be shopping bit, right? Oh God, <laughs> I feel like I would get murdered if I had a women be shopping uh, bit. Uh, well, I think I well I so part of me taking apart this interesting about like not calling out the fact that he was living unless she was living above her means this was all before the whole like real estate crash right before uh yes. all the uh, yeah, yeah yeah money Housed, housing, the housing so bubble maybe you have yeah this still. is this is 2001 so, maybe you have, so the the housing yeah, crisis was two, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 08 oh yeah it started it was, when the, bottom, it was when the bottom fell out but like the yeah. it, like it started in 7 and went into 8 and 9 really yeah and so 10, maybe 10, this was really just the fact that they saw this and didn't think anything wrong, this was maybe just like the signal of that. Like they're on their way to that. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, that, I, th- that, I think you're giving them some credit thing. that I don't know if they deserve. Yeah, I, I. That is me being. That is me thinking that they, giving them way more credit. You're right than they deserve. <laughs> because I think the the really like the subprime garbage loan lending didn't start until. Like right I don't think it started this? as early as 01. Right. I think it was probably a couple years prior. Mm. So, yeah. so call it 05, 04, 05, I would call it. Right. So they... So I think they're just making a fucking out-and-out sexist comment. And like, no, yeah, no, no I, that was on. definitely it, just... It won't, a, it won't be yeah. the last one during, in this episode. Yeah. So uh, so the they discover that she isn't paying the rent. That a family. Oh no, no, it's not the rent thing. It's that uh, it's that a family had been like in there and looking around and like they own the condo or something like that and like they were looking at remodeling it. And that family was called the Regolia family, which I didn't realize at the time was the the is the name of the William Shatner dude, the yes. the guy who said yeah. efficacious and talked about how much she loved living in the city. Right, so I think so. Basically, this is where they do like the they they next do like the James Bond moment where they have to like reveal what exactly is going on because at that point it was like, wait a second, I don't understand. So like the theory of the crime is now that she that the victim, which is why she had the trunk full of the counterfeit drugs, which actually would not cure cancer. They're like, well, that was enough to stock like twelve pharmacies. So what they were the theory at this point is she somehow was working for the the guy who was bankrolling her lifestyle that she couldn't afford so that she would go and basically distribute the the counterfeit drugs to pharmacies who will then distribute them to patients and when it doesn't work and it, they'll they go find, with the, and then like, the new company's right. drugs right so then they'll go right. with their company's drugs so that's 
that's the long con here. I that's think a I really that long right. con where people, a lot of people die. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, do I have that right? Because that I put that together. Like, yeah, I was that writing is, this down. But that is what they think is happening. Yes, that's yeah, that's a little spent, complex. Yeah, they spent a lot of time figuring out that level of exposition. The throat all away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like and they, this is not they, even the thing. Yeah, like that is a like it's so intricate of a plan. Um, I'd watch that movie. For, like I would watch that movie too, but for a forty-four minute show, that's a lot. That's a lot. And they you know good thing that they just abandon it. Yeah, what, they, they I know set what up would be in hilarious 12. though is if you were talking about how this is like three different episodes. Maybe there was a first draft of that episode, and then some producer was like, "This is too fucking crazy for us. We need to pare this down." She's like, yeah. Well, well, we yeah, but we're short on time this week, so let's just yeah. uh, it's let's like keep sedi- the it's like first cutting into sedimentary rock. You like see all the layers. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> let's keep the first twelve minutes of the really complicated story. That would be better for a movie, really. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's just go ahead and throw it away. So they go to talk to Regolia's wife, Mrs. Regolia, and. Uh, and she says that Paula Grace was going to move because not because she was broke, but because she wanted to live closer to the office. And that's the real big like, oh, shit moment, because that's that's counter to what Mr. Regolia said. Um, and they also like are talking about how hot the wife is and why Regolia would cheat on her with, quote, someone that looks like Paula Grace, which is like, we've yeah, only someone- seen her dead. So yeah, for someone they're supposed to be like investigating and trying to find her killer, they kept shitting on her a lot. Yeah, like like, like they a, were negging her. Weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were negging her from the grave. Like, yeah. who does yeah. that? With an uggo like Paula Grace, no wonder she got killed. Am I right? Am I right? Like, oh, like were God. they trying to make her ghost insecure? Like, what were they, what was? <laughs> what, they, they succeeded. Was, was there like a weird like ghost sequel where like the ghost is really like insecure about so like it inhabits like a different bot like what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, it's called Drop Dead Diva. <laughs> yeah, Drop uh, Dead Diva joke. Un- unfamiliar with it, but okay, sure. It it's yeah. about a, a hot girl that dies and then a ugly girl that dies and then Well, the- not ugly. They put her in the body of someone who's bigger. Right, uh, like a lawyer who's bigger, and now this hot girl has to pretend she's a lawyer. And they got six seasons out of that. They got six seasons out of that. Oh yeah, that was a that's one of uh, uh, what's it's I think Bravo's one of their first big shows. Jesus, well, well then. Oh, oh, sure. Lifetime. Okay. Let's Life- let's go. Lifetime with that. Yes. for so- six seasons. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. This show was on yeah. fucking Lifetime? Mm-hmm. Yep. What the, what the fuck? Um, so then, then Munch shows up in a cast with a broken foot, and no one knows why, and he won't tell anybody why. Uh, I think he, he the, the speculation was that he was borrowing someone's Harley and wiped out on it? No, no, that's what he claimed. Oh, yeah. that's what, that well, was right, bullshit. That's, okay. Right, so no one, no one's buying that, but that's yeah, because he also said something with. like skydiving or something, skydiving and a hard fall and a hard landing or something like that. I mean, yep. I'm just picturing Munch skydiving, and it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, I would. I would. Like he would be in like the all black jumpsuit. Like he wouldn't get like the standard like blue or orange or whatever like that. It would be like <laughs> still be wearing his Oakleys. Parachute. 
Yeah, he basically, I'm picturing he's, like, diving out like he's a member of, like, SEAL Team 6, like, in fucking, like, all black. He only does it it's at like, night. like, I don't want them to see me coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of Geronimo, he screams, the CIA killed Kennedy. <laughs> the CIA killed Kennedy! Yay! <laughs> uh, yep. And so then uh, he, like, he does a little bit of desk work and finds out that, um, that Paula Grace made two phone calls before she was killed. One of them to Regolia, which was short, and one of them to an unlisted number, which is long. And he called the number and discovered that it was the fucking FBI. What? Okay. So what do you think? So what do you think Munch does when he accidentally calls the FBI? They pick up. They're like, hello, FBI. And he's like, it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You killed Kennedy! <laughs> <laughs> I think, and also think, like another thing he could have yelled when he like jumped out of the plane would have been like, "Fuck my ex-wife!" Yeah, <laughs> I wish that my ex-wife can do the uh, parachute. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. But so yeah, so so now another wrinkle ha- it c- comes in the plan, which is that they think that Paula Grace was going to blow the whistle on Regolia and his scheme and that's why he killed her which like makes sense right because he's gonna lose like millions of dollars and go to jail right okay but Mm -hmm. let's also think about this from the opposite perspective here okay so she has so under the under this theory of the crowd let's 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 unpack this for a second here and which is why it doesn't make any sense so the theory of the crime that the police have at this point is that so Regolia's pay is basically bankrolling her lifestyle, and she is committing a huge crime. For a so giant fraud. So whistleblower protection does not actually make you immune if you are conducting yourself, like, in this way. Like, you are still committing a fucking crime. Um, so she is now going to blow the whistle on yeah, this company. Yeah, but she where was everything... ugly, Matt. So, no, no, no. So God. she was going to basically... <laughs> She she's based her apartment, her car, this whole lavish lifestyle is being paid for by this guy. And now she is committing a crime. And so she's going to blow the whistle on this guy and so she's going to now lose everything and potentially go to jail. And go to like why would she do that? No, cuz they they found out that he she didn't uh what you call it? She was like scorned by him. Like she oh yeah, was yeah, yeah. Woman. He, yeah. He wanted her to. She wanted him to leave his wife for her. He said no, and she said you'll be sorry. And so that's like what the. Yeah. That's why she was gonna dime on him, which is like that's not cool. 
I mean, like, it's not cool. Like, I don't care about the diming, but it's, like, not cool that the only reason you're doing the right thing is because you're, you're, uh, you're mister, your mistress man uh, refused yeah. to leave his wife. Fuck you. Well, right, okay, so, yeah, but my, more to my point is the fact that, like, if even if she was doing it out of spite, like, she's still going to be implicating herself in a massive fraud crime. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Right. Well, I think so, she probably she probably would try to work out an immunity deal for bringing it to light or something like that. Ah, yeah, but I don't know if you would get that deal. That's a that's a pretty harrowing a tall order. thing to go through. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh boy, did I not? It's like it's like yeah, no, we're not going to give you immunity. We're just going to arrest you. It's like boy, did I misplay my hand on that one. <laughs> uh, the the um oh man, and took, so like took that's a shot an entire, I missed. Oh, well. that's an entire episode. They bring they bring Regolia in. And he's like, how dare you talk to my wife behind my back? Which is like, what? And then he essentially admits to everything except for the murder. And then says, that's all I'm telling you until I get my lawyer. Yeah. If anything, that's all we need to reveal more than he does. Yeah. Which is fact, whatever they're like, oh, she was talking to the FBI. And he's like, what, what, what? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, congratulations. You just F the FBI's case. Yeah, like yeah, what, so I don't. They, yeah, so what the? So anyway, they they leave him in the interrogation room, and Kraken's like, "Yeah, come out, talk to me. Uh, we're gonna turn him over to the FBI." Turns out there's another victim, so it's just like, wait, huh? Yeah, that's so what like, that was. I was, like, my I was thing. so invested. I feel the exact same way. I like wanted to. I wanted them to go into the court. I wanted him to like plea out and and, and not have to do this murder charge because he pleads to the thing. And then Cabot like goes to his house and breaks his fucking kneecaps. Like I wanted all that shit. <laughs> Aviv, I gotta ask you a question because you know this is our podcast here. How many feel the burn references did you have whenever you discover it's like this big pharma company was trying to like manipulate the market so that it's none could be better none because I was getting people? I was getting ready for all of them. Them, and and then they just switched gears, and I was like, ah, oh, they blueballed me on on my socialist agenda. Well, yeah, but still, like the the underlying crime is still there that would warrant a feel the burn reference. Yeah, but that wasn't the crime that they wound up investigating, so it would feel <laughs> it would feel it would feel false. So they distracted you, basically. Yeah, they really they really teased me on that one. Huh. All right. No feel, no feels the burn this this week. I mean, I'm always feeling the burn, but I didn't scream it at my computer. <laughs> <laughs> always feel the burn, people. But so let's so, so this s- week. The second victim has not been killed, and her name is Francesca Chesner. And so I have to, I have to, Matt, I have to. Oh God, damn it, Aviv. All right, fine. So okay. Wait, no, 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 don't go to the whole story, but just do the, do no, the no, numbers no, 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 impression. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a few years ago, uh, we, Matt, and a few, like 10 years ago, Matt. I was going to say, met, a few years ago? 12, a few 12 years, years ago. ago 12 years oh, ago, wow. Matt and I met this girl, met these two girls. I can't remember what the one of them's name was, but the other's name was Francesca. And, you know, we were friends with them for like a month, you know, in the summer. It was one of those kind of deals. And, uh. And our friend Scott, whose nickname was Numbers, uh, could not pronounce Francesca's name. He called her Frantresca. And what? we would like we would really step him through it. We'd say, Numbers, say say Fran. And he'd say Fran. And say Cheska. Cheska. Alright, now say Francesca. Frantresca. And we we never we couldn't get him to do it. 
Yeah, for whatever reason, this was just like beyond his his capability. Capability, and it was fucking. It was hilarious. It, it was, was great. It would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, he also. I saw him do karaoke once, and he did uh, um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." And for those of you who don't, maybe don't know that the last lines for "Smells Like Teen Spirit" are, he says a denial over and over again. A, uh, like a, a mosquito, my libido, a denial, a denial, a denial. And numbers, God bless him, was like a Daniel, a Daniel, a Daniel, a Daniel. <laughs> oh, numbers. Wow. Yep. Uh, anyway, they find some fiber under Francesca Chesner's. I can't not do it now. Under Francesca's. No, don't, don't fucking do it. No, it's blue. Francesca. Don't under do Francesca's speech. blue uniform. Uh, no, they find they find some blue fibers blue. under Francesca's fingernails, and they just then they think that it's a cop. And so, like, we dip to commercial, and there's like drums drumming in the back. Like, before we get At- to that, we I I have to bring something up. So they go to the crime scene because like, oh, it's a live victim. So they go to the crime scene. So Francesca is, she is. Beat to hell, clearly, and, like, traumatized. Yes. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. That's the, thank so, you for bringing this back up. So Liv goes to talk to her, and they're asking her questions, you know, what happened. She gives the whole thing. So there, I've got a couple points that I want to talk about from her account of what happened. There's, it's also, like, a nice oneer. They, like, kind of rotate around her, and they let her, they let this actor whose name is, I should have, prepared uh christine haje h-a-j-e but the reason i said it uh, said christine like that was because it's spelled k-h-r-y-s-t-y-n-e okay oh, wow. so here here's what i want to address so i hate that in this show in this show we oftentimes have a scenario where there is a victim that is going to be transported to the hospital and there's always a scenario where like Liv or Stapler someone gets in the ambulance usually it's Liv if it's a female victim uh, gets in the ambulance and rides with yes. them to the hospital because yes. clearly they've just been raped or something bad has just happened yeah. and they need to get them to a hospital. Francesca, they have gone to the point where they have apparently found the victim. She's alive. She's conscious. She's talking. She's beat up pretty badly. She clearly needs medical attention. They put her they on have a gone stretcher. To the point, they've put her on the stretcher. They have strapped her down to the stretcher. And then apparently everyone just walked away. Yeah. So they just left her there. They have just left her down to the point where Liv can sit and talk to her for several minutes, and no one, there is there is not an EMT, there is not a police officer, there is literally no one. So they just like put her on the stretcher and just left her there, just just exposed oh, yeah, wow. to, to whatever the fuck is happening. There's no like, oh, we'll get in the ambulance and ride with her, and we'll do this whole scene in the ambulance, which is always a bit more of a powerful scene in my opinion. So why, what is happening right now? Like... Why is no one with this poor woman who's just gotten the shit kicked out of her and raped to the point where, like, it wasn't even like anyone was like, oh, the victim's over there. Liv just literally just walked up to like, well, I guess that's the victim because she's on a fucking gurney and just, like, walked up to her and started talking to her. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, so then she tells her story in the, uh, like, medical examiner's office. We've got a nice oneer, And she says, essentially, that she got pulled over by a cop and he... uh, told her, asked for some sexual favors, 
Um, in, in well, exchange. no, we, it's, it goes before that. She, he first asked, says they uh, pulled her over because she was swerving That's and right. then told her to get out of the car to take a, uh, a field sobriety, sobriety test, test and then also do a, a breathalyzer. And Liv asked her at that point, had you been drinking? And she said no. Right. And so she did the, the tests and was fine. And then the cop says... Then, then go ahead of me because that was that's an important distinction because that's going to come back in yes, and and uh, then later scenes. And then she said to, that the cop told her to you know get his to to, to for a, a lenience that he sh- that she should get uh, get undressed and have sex with him. And so she says that she she refused, and then he. Uh, so this this was the other thing that I wanted to bring up. So like, mm-hmm. all right, let's. She says that she refused, and he got angry. And what she did was she said she pretended that she passed out, and he was like, right. "I can tell you're faking it," and then dragged her out of the car. So my understanding is from the way that she described this 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 incident was that the cop, like. Before anything had happened, before he even taken her out of the car, was like having a conversation with her. Was like propositioned her. Was like, "Hey, basically, if you have sex with me, I'll let you go." She says no, and he's like, "Well, that's like unacceptable. Like I'm mad. Like whatever. <laughs> that, that is unacceptable. And, I am mad." Well, I know, or whatever. Like he says something, but like he literally was just having a conversation with her, and her reaction was basically to just pretend like she passed out. Wait, did like, she who? do that before or after they started struggling? I think she after they it. started struggling. Okay, yeah, because I think cause there's she, this whole thing sometimes where you're supposed to like just not fight in order to like live through the situation. No, I. So she might I, have been I, doing that. Yeah. No, I get that, but the way in which they set the chronology up, it made it sound like she was just like talking to the guy, and then like her defense was to just like oh. pretend like she passed out. And I'm like, because then he was like, "I can tell you're faking it," and, and then, then dragged me out of yeah. the thing. So it's like, huh? Ooh. Like I think the way that they wrote the scene, or the way that like they they edited it together, or something like they didn't do it properly because the chronology of what she was saying doesn't make any sense. No, so so this is so I think that I think that the chronology is that she was fighting, he was fighting back, she pretended to pass out and he was like, "Fuck you, I know that you're faking it." And then she started fighting again. I thought she said that this was before that he dragged her out of the car. That was the fighting. That was the first first one. Right, but what I'm saying is like the whole. No, did he make her do a field sobriety test or something? Oh no, that, I'm thinking of the third. Big, I'm thinking of, never mind. Yeah, because she said a breathalyzer for, which I guess presumably you could do in your car, but don't they do that out? I don't know. I, something about yeah. the way that they 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 said it made it sound it's like all, it's all fucked def- up. It's all fucked up. It's a, it's yeah. all shady. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. again, maybe I could have it. I could have it wrong the way that I wrote it down in my notes. But in terms of the sequence, I it, it just didn't make any sense to me. So they, so so they also. She says that he took the condom wrapper, and so like you know they couldn't ID the fingerprints. And then she like suddenly realizes that he also has her ID, which is like you know maybe right. don't bury the lead on that. But right, yeah. You know, well, I mean, she was also this was like the yeah. I think she was in shock, and this is after they were in the hospital doing the rape kit and whatnot. Yeah, and so and so now now it gets a little hairy because um, Doctor Warner comes back and says that she has alcohol in her system and a lot of it. She would have blown like a point one two on a breathalyzer, which is yeah. a lot. And uh, and 
Finn immediately jumps to, well, if she was lying about being drunk, then she must also be lying about the rape. And because that, I don't know, is a thing. And like, yeah, this was not a good look for an SVU detective. No, and and it like especially it doesn't feel right on Ice T because uh, he says like, oh, she could have gotten all the details from the paper, and uh, and he and he you know Olivia says rightly so like you know I don't want to discount someone who may have been raped, you guys, and yeah. uh, and Ice T was like, well, I don't want to screw over an innocent cop. Which is like, I wonder how well, they, I wonder how much they had to pay him to say that line. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, the idea that Ice T is the cop defender is just like, whoa, this is like, I guess his contract got real good. <laughs> well, okay, no, but uh, so I will. We we talked about this before, and it was an episode with um with Cassidy with uh, Dean Winters where he basically Woo! Cassidy where they, where they were where they were in a, a somewhat not not an exact same situation, but a situation where they're. The, the the credibility of the complaining witness was going to be is going to inevitably be called into question if this ever goes to court. So he is presenting the the other side of the argument, which is yeah, like, he's devil's okay. advocating it. Yeah, right. So and Finn is saying something to the effect of like, all right, well, let's let's think about this. It's, it's later revealed that she's gotten two previous DUIs, had her license suspended, and then just got it back and got pulled over again. And has been also lying about some other stuff that happened. And has been not, not lying. So he's basically throwing out a scenario where it's like, well, all right, let's roll with me on this. Is he? She gets pulled over. She's drunk. She blows a breathalyzer, offers a sexual favor to a cop in order to not get arrested for a DUI and then lose her license permanently is like, that's not much of a, you know, it's like, that's not so outside the realm of, of could be something that happens. So, and he's like, I don't want to basically take down a cop who did something like that, which obviously, you know, you shouldn't, but to have a rape charge levied against someone for doing something improper, if it wasn't actually rape, like that's the kind of the, yeah, the it just doesn't, where he's coming from. He it's, doesn't it's, seem to be playing it like, Oh, let me just run this scenario down just to be safe. He like is really, really uh, gung ho about this this person being like a liar. Well, yeah. it's, he he is because I mean he is in the context of and I will say this: the distinction that we that I'm making now is different from how it was whenever um, Cassidy was making the arguments, which was basically like this is how it's going to play in court. Finn yeah, is yeah, Cassidy from the side of like Finn is taking from the side of like I don't want. Uh, like IAB to like come down and basically like a cop is gonna lose his job over this rape charge and like a whole the whole thing. So it's, he's taking well, it from it a different side, but it's basically he's doing the same thing. Well, it's weird. It didn't feel necessarily like oh this poor cop is like this woman's a liar. Like because I yeah. think he was on board with her until she like the moment she said it was a cop, if or the fact that it was a cop, it felt like if the cop belt was removed and all that other stuff came up. He would just be like, "All right, well, we still need to figure out this case." The moment it was a cop, it's like this woman's a liar. Yeah, it. it well, no, I, I don't I, think. I think it's. I don't think he said that. He said anything about her it being her being a liar until after Liv came out and said, "Oh, she said that she wasn't drinking," and then he said, "Well, that's going to be a problem because she was clearly drinking." I don't yeah, think yeah, it was yeah, like whenever was, she accused yeah. him, accused the person of being a cop, that he was like, "Oh, well, yeah. she's a liar." I think it was. 
well, she's lying about this. How do we know she's not lying about it being about a cop as well? Like everything he did, else. He didn't immediately jump to the defense of it being a cop and how she's a liar. It wasn't until they could prove that she was lying yeah. that he kind of hammered that point home. And, so, and her story changes more. Her story changes more because they go to the bar where they saw where she was hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, the bartender remembers her because she's a fucking drunk. And she was right. hanging all over this blonde guy, and they left together. And she had said that she was going home by herself. So they inter- so Liv interviews her again and is like, no, seriously, what the fuck happened? And she said, okay, I was at work with this guy. He's married. We fucked around in his in my car, in his car, he left, and that's when I got pulled over by the cop, which is like, all right, I'm actually starting to come over to Ice T's side because, like, that's a that's a stretch of a story. Well, because I, like they, yeah, when they go to the bar, they're like, okay, how do you remember her versus everyone else? Because the guy's like, oh, well, she was like a sloppy drunk, and whenever she got yeah. to the point where she was like not in control anymore, whoever she was hanging off of, basically was like, all right, I'm gonna have to like. S- you, we gotta go. Like you're, you're like out of control, drunk right now, and so like I don't know. Like it's this is I, like the tough. Like this show. Like it, it's sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly. It's like because even you going Aviv going from the like they should not be adopting this stance to like all right, I, I can kind of see where I I see is coming from at this point because literally the, they can point to the, every element of this person's story and be like she's blatantly not telling the truth. Yeah, the more. So what, what do you changes. do if you're a cop? The more her story changes and the more she lies, I'm like, oh, no. But I also, like, there's the intellectual part of me that's like, I don't want the show to go in that direction because I don't want them to perpetuate the idea that women make up rape things because, like, that that is exceedingly rare. But I guess, like, in the thing... Well, I guess also the thing that I know watching this episode is, you know, this is... We know this is number two. Right. Uh, so we know, like, there is actually someone doing these crimes. And it's just a question of they're throwing us off the scent for right now. Because that's just the way the structure of their show works in order to make like, a fake problem that they have to solve. So in the back of my head, I'm thinking, no, something did happen. You guys just aren't believing her. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So if this was the first rape... That would be kind of yeah. a different story. Yeah. But because it's the yeah. second one, we know that there's a rapist out there. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing is like knowing knowing that there is a rapist, now we're just kind of like, oh, they're just not going to look at a cop now because they don't want to get a cop in trouble. And that's the part that got me angry. Uh, or that's the part that got me like frustrated. Uh, it would be very different if this was the first rapist and we didn't know if there was a rapist out there. Then I, maybe I, I, I would play it a little bit with a doubt that everybody else had. I mean, I as I was you. watching this episode and, like, I was thinking about this in terms of, like, the, okay, like, the, the devil's advocate portion, like, someone always has to play that part in this mm-hmm. show. And, and I'm sure in reality, too, like, someone, someone's got to take the side of, like, okay, whether, whether or not it's coming from a, a stance of, like, we should, like, always protect cops or if it's a scenario it's like, okay, well, let's try to think about this from a legal strategy perspective if we're going to try to make charges stick, how what do we have to be prepared for type thing. Obviously, that's more for lawyers than it is for cops, but it's something I'm sure that's on everyone's <laughs> mind whenever you're going through the procedure of, you know, collecting evidence and doing everything like that if you're a police officer. But I'm just thinking about this, like, if you were to put this episode, like, as is, today, like, on the air today, like, in terms of the, the changing culture and messaging and 
what progress has been made since what this was 2001 2002 that this was on yeah. the air in terms of you know uh women being taken seriously about rape charges in terms of trust of the police and everything like that like i wonder how the episode would fare if you put it on air unchanged today not as well i, I mean no I think not would, at all yeah i don't, I don't I, think, I think it would, it would get yeah. like because and, and i wonder like the show obviously is supposed to like hold a mirror up to society and how things are whatever like that but i feel like they don't because even us sitting here talking about this like we've gone from like the no absolutely you should always believe uh, a woman whenever she says that she's raped to like within two minutes of screen time being like all right well now i understand where they're coming from and now like i i can see where ice T would get the idea that maybe this person's lying and why she shouldn't be believed like yeah, the, I don't know, the guys. thing like, is, it's, the thing it's, is, he's per- completely unproductive with it. So, like, if he was like, "No, no, I don't believe her. Her story's changing. I still think it's Rigoli because that's the only documented rape, and he had motive and opportunity." Like, the, I would, I would be more in line with that. But I, I agree with Quessy. It's like he just seems to be wanting to protect cops, which is like, kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, yeah. I mean, especially I, given I today's that- climate. Yeah, I was going to say, I think given today's climate, I think we're all kind of uh, more in tune with that and why that's very kind of unsettling. Just the general, like, always protect cops type situation. Like, oh, they can do no wrong. But what I'm saying is in terms of, like, back in the day when this was on the air in 2002, like, if this is supposed to be showing, uh, holding a mirror up to everyone and being like, this is what's going on, I don't think they take a very strong stance in terms of really hammering the point home because they do present such a a compelling counter argument within the episode itself that does kind of cast doubt on everything yeah i don't so know what have a message about the... like how you should i know but like in terms of like if that's their intent is obviously the show is designed to make people think and have reactions to things like i just Pretty don't know if they're trying yeah. to make if they were trying to deliver a message what specifically the message should actually be in this episode because like oh it should be it's like oh you should definitely be suspicious that it's cops and they're not all like faultless and then as it turns out spoiler alert the the cop actually didn't do it yeah but but what what message are they trying to send here and i don't think it's a coincidence that she she her life becomes at risk later in the episode um in a specifically yeah Specifically because people don't believe her because, like, just a spoiler alert, like, the guy gets her in daylight. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But everyone's like, oh, it was a cop. Whatever. Yeah, that's a really interesting... Really Well, let's right, continue but, on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking like the, the message that they're sending is actually more damaging the way that they wrote the episode. Yeah, 
it didn't even occur to me until just now. Yeah, so like if they're trying to be like, no, 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 like all women should be believed and everything like that, the way that they take the episode is completely counter to death. Where it's no, like, no, no, never I, mind. Yeah, she. <laughs> I yeah, I think well, that no. she should be. I think that the episode thinks that she should be believed because she turns out was raped may not have been by an right. actual cop but it was someone impersonating a cop and right. uh and and she you know is going to like minutes away from getting murdered at the end of the episode right but it does make the cop appear to be a victim up, but... in terms of a false accusation though that's what i'm saying that's why i'm saying it's more oh, dangerous the way that they sure, do sure 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 well but she never ID'd, she never id'd the cop that they investigate Right, but the show presents it in such a way where, like, yeah, the cop definitely did it. I see, I see. So yeah, yeah there, there's like the, there's like her motive, there's the show's motive, there's like Tutuola's motive, and it's they're all they're all crossing haywire. Right. All right, let's move forward. I mean, let's we'll, move forward. We'll, we'll break this down more as we get into it. But like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Where it's like, it just seems like that's why this is so unsettling to me. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so her story keeps changing. But, like, now she's locked in on this, the story of this blonde guy who was married. Meanwhile, they go back out to the crime scene. Tutuola and, and Benson get called back out to the crime scene so that they can look at, like, tire treads. And um, and the, the CSI tech, uh, who is uh, my favorite in this episode... Um, uh, guy from Rescue Me. Daniel the guy from, from yeah, Rescue he's, Me. Yeah, uh, he's, he's Franco yeah. from Rescue Me. Yeah, his name is Daniel Sunjata or Sunhata. Yeah. I don't know if he's pronounced. He's also from The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hmm. Bringing it all he back the around. Ill-fated, uh, yep, Christopher Nolan. Hey, so um, I know that. So, so he's like, okay, so these two footprints are consistent with the victim or the alleged victim and the shoes that she claims to have been wearing and like her being dragged from dragged from a car uh meanwhile there are like tire treads that are consistent with blah 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 and uh and boot prints from the guy from like the the perpetrator so i think that this is case closed for finn not believing her i think that like at this point when there is actual evidence that that this person was dragged from a car wearing the shoes that she was wearing like yep that makes that i'm 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 all in on her actually having been raped oh but if you might be very wrong on that one yeah well um and so as it turns out by the uh by the footprints sunjata figures out that this guy was like six foot tall 200 pounds Asian. He wore glasses. He was thirty-four <laughs> years old. He had yeah, just gotten was a, a little, haircut. Yeah. A little bit of a bullshit thing going on there. It's like, well, judge by his feet, he's this is his physical description, and here's his social security number and address. Yeah, it's like, right. what, how'd you get that? Yeah, it's a little bit of magical CSI ness. Um, but uh, here's how much well, money he's got. They, well, I love when they pay. bring in Wong though, because he does that on the psychology end too, though. Oh yeah, he sure does. Yeah, but at least Wong talks to the guy, where it's like, okay, and, and plus and, I buy his credentials. And Wong has been portrayed as like ma- being magic anyway, um, or not real. Or oh yeah, not I have a real. theory that that Wong is a figment of Kragen's imagination. 
<laughs> he's actually like a Tyler Durden type situation, which yeah. we've got. I think we've got a fairly compelling got, argument. Yeah, in we've some got cases. a good case for it. So, uh, so Munch goes gets back on the phones and says like, "Oh, this this took place in this precinct, and during the time of both rapes, there were two cops that were unavailable, like one car of two cops that were unavailable: Al Marcosi and Roger Graves. And Roger Graves is black, so it's not him." Because the victim identified him as a a white guy. So it must be Al Marcosi. Um, Meanwhile, Olivia, like, they're in, like, the 2-2 precinct, I guess. And Olivia says, oh, their captain is my old, you know, swim coach or whatever the fuck she says. And that before they (laughs) go, before they go to IAB, she wants to just, like, go and finesse him and, and get info that way. So they go and meet up with him at like a diner somewhere in in his precinct, and they basically. Um. So Finn is is highly speculative at this point, and Liv basically what they go and they tell him is like, hey, there were these uh, two rapes that were committed in your jurisdiction. Um, you know, did you guys get any calls? They know yeah, who, he, you know she, what's she, going on, but they're trying to. They're like, she says she doesn't want to spook him, so she says that. He, they, they, the rapist may have been scared off, and so they want to know who, which, which patrol car the rapist may have seen, and they can't account for two, one patrol car of two people. Right. So She's that's, basically that's just trying to like investigate, but cover over the fact that they were suspecting someone from the precinct. Correct. Right. Exactly. And it was uh, actually it was like brilliantly done. Yeah, it was very well done. And the, the guy she went about it can't act for shit again. Um, well, yeah, he was just like line, like no, no, yeah. no, 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 just, just <laughs> he, and so he says, Marcos, just, just say Graves, yes, just there say are yes. a couple of there are a couple of gold shield wannabes who don't play by the rules. <laughs> like th- we're not talking about Die Hard here. <laughs> this, this is the dude from Roseanne. Yeah, and by the way, so like uh, Marcosi, so they eventually go to meet up with Marcosi and uh, Graves as they're getting off of patrol like all right so i and this is i'm perhaps biased because i've been watching twin peaks recently like yeah twin peaks, not the not the yeah. showtime reboot and my god is it unsettling to watch yeah um, but do, does marcosi kind of look like the the one guy from fucking twin peaks like the, like the ben horn prison oh his, hank. no not yeah does he kind of yeah, look a yeah, like yeah. hank he does look a little like oh. hank so I don't know him from uh, Twin Peaks, but I know him from either of you watch Sneaky Pete on Amazon. Uh, no, no, it's a uh, Giovanni Ribisi and has a uh, Margot oh, Martindale. Heard of it. I just have never seen it. Love uh, me some Margot at- Martindale. Yes. Uh, anyway, he's uh, Marcosi. That actor is in that show also playing a dirty cop. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. So he, he has a calling apparently. Yeah. yeah, his his uh his real life person name is Michael O'Keefe, and he was uh-huh. on he played uh, Jackie's husband on Roseanne. That's what I know him from. Oh, slash. Oh, okay, gotcha. Slash Brett Brett Butler's husband on Grace Under Fire. So the thing is, for like half a second, I also had to look up if like if this was the guy from the Matrix, Agent Smith. Oh yeah, um, fuck. Except uh, that's actually like a famous actor. Hugh. Wait, Hugh, really? Whatever. Wait, who? Mar- you thought Marcosi was that guy? For like half a second, I had to look him up. 
listen. Okay. Questy might also have face blindness. Don't don't worry about well, okay, it. Okay, so Questy, <laughs> let me Questy, let me ask you this. Was it because of like the the starkly similar receding hairline? <laughs> yes, two white two older white guys with the same similar hairline. And I was like, "Wait, it's, I have to double check." Like the pattern, like it's very distinct except yeah. um Except the the guy from tonight's episode, it's definitely more like art. Hugo Weaving, that's his name. Hugo Weaving. I couldn't. I was Hugo Weaving. There you go. Drive me crazy. For those of you playing the home game, I thought of that myself. I didn't look it up. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Lies. Um, (laughs) Yes. So they are. They they deny it adamantly. And they say like, "Oh, I'm not perfect. I bend the rules or whatever, but uh, I didn't rape no one." Yeah, there's like a source of contention because they go and they talk to him, and like Liv is ready to kind of put the screws to him to get as much information as he can. And Finch is like, "All right, well, you guys seem cool," and it's like, "You you you're dismissed. We'll we'll call you." And there's like that the underlying tension between uh, Finn and Liv at this point, where Liv's like, "Well, I wanted to get information out of him, and now we got to turn it over to IAB." And Finn's we, like, well, "Like they go know that yourself. we're spooking him. They know that we're after him." Uh-huh. Yeah, and Finn could give a shit, basically. Yeah, he's, he's uh, really holding strong to this Blue Lives Matter. He, he's a real like Rudy Giuliani guy. He's a real Blue Lives Matter kind of guy, and I don't like it. Yeah. Although we yeah, did establish a in a previous uh, in a previous episode that he is a Republican. Oh, that's well, Wait, I what? I think that might be a joke. No, I don't think that was a joke. I think he was. So, that was that was the joke was the fact that Finn says or Munch says something like, "Oh, like here's you. This is a secret that I have. What's a secret that you have?" And he's like, "I'm a Republican." Yeah, it's like a button on a scene where they're sharing secrets. And meanwhile, the secret should be the secret, secret. that. <laughs> The secret should be the secret that comes up in a second later. So they go back to the squad room and they're like, you know, it's like a little bit of lightness where they're like, you know, giving Munch some, sh- some shit about is he ever going to um, tell tell the squad how he broke his foot. And, and, and Munch is like, no, I'm not. Finn, when are you going to tell the squad about your kid? And he's like, he's not a kid. He's 18. What the can fuck? I also, can I also? Interject? I think you're gonna be so excited in uh, a couple seasons. Oh, oh I mean, yeah, I, so I know the I know the episode you're talking about, and it's yeah. fucking great. I think I have uh, seen I, that too. I I have to comment on something like not related really to anything necessarily, but it's like so much is on crutches, right? Now I've never broken a leg before, so I've never been on crutches. But it also seems like the crutches for Munch, they're they're too high. Like he's gotta adjust them down. Yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah. way too high. They're too high. You know what I'm saying? Like he seems like he's really struggling. Like the prop guy didn't like get the adjustable set and they're like, well this is you know, bells are just figure it out, I guess. Like act, I guess. Like right? Like did anyone else notice Make that it work. Like, he was yeah. really he was really struggling with those crutches. Yep. Oh, yeah, I didn't really notice that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a minor point, but it's just like, come on, guys. Yeah, the, the whole episode grinds to a halt because his, his crutches are fucked up. Um, well, no, I mean, not, not that, but I'm just saying, little, you know me, like a little shit know, like that bothers know, the fuck out of me. So, um, so, so is this before or after? Have we, has Kraken gone to IAB yet? Kraken was that, is I think about that's before to go scene, to IAB, right? Okay. No, he was, right was after. about to go to IAB, and then Liv was said, "Let me talk to my, let me talk to the guy in the diner." Right. Right. But then IAB calls in Kragen for going to talk to the target. 
Yeah, because right. they have been investigating him for however long because he, something like that. Because he's had a relationship with a hooker named Raquel Stevens. What the right. fuck? So, yeah, so apparently yeah. The, the charge was that he had sex with a hooker in exchange for a lighter charge or like arrest or whatever like that, that mm-hmm. whatever she was arrested on. And that's what they were... Uh, that's what they were going after him for, and Craigan's like, "Oh, and you couldn't get him," and they're like, "No, we couldn't." Brr. Like machismo scene. Yeah, with uh, with a guy that is also from Rescue Me. Mm-hmm. Fucking big Rescue oh, really? Me episode. Big, yeah, big Rescue Me episode. Um, and so they go to talk not to Raquel Stevens, but to like one of Raquel Stevens's hooker friends to like get the skinny on what exactly happened. And where Raquel is, because Raquel's fucking missing. Bum bum bum. And like, and <laughs> the and they go to so they go to talk to Raquel Stevens's hooker friend, and her jacket looks like it's made of tribbles. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it, it's balls of chinchilla in a jacket. Cassie also pointed out she's like, there's no way that a hooker would be wearing those tights because you know how impossible they would be to get off to have sex. They could be crotchless. You never know. She did comment that, and I was like, you know, practicality in me says that, yeah, they're probably crossless then. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, And and so we we that we cut. Finn is still not like buying it, and says like, and and Olivia's like, yo, you know, this is it. Like we have all all this info, and it's like clearly this. Okay. Did we did we mention exactly what the prostitute said? Like happened? Like the reason why? So basically, it was like she was getting like she was getting arrested, and uh, fucking what's his name was like basically if you if you have sex with me in the precinct, like I'll let you go. <laughs> so she did, and then he started like asking her out on like dates and stuff. Real afterwards. bold, yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a real yeah. stiffy for her, is what. Uh... Yeah, and she she acquiesced because she thought she would basically have like a, a limitless get out of jail free card, and then she yeah. disappeared. Right, and then she Oops. now she's gone, which is like, um, and so so Finn is still not not buying it. He's definitely not going to believe the word of a hooker, which is a weird thing. Um, that's again, a direct that's quote, like by his the way. whole job. That is, he had one job, <laughs> yeah. which is to believe. Yeah, that's literally uh, like his exact quote, where he's like, not I on the word hooker. of some hooker. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, like, the, the evidence that it was a cop is mounting up because um, the tire treads come back. They're consistent with the cop car. They go to check out uh, Marcosi's cop car, and the tires have just been changed. Because, according to Marcosi, someone, like, slashed two of the tires with an ice pick. Which is like, eh, right. okay. And this, right, so- is, this is where the guy has a different outfit. He's got a he's got like a, a mechanics jumpsuit. Yeah, he's got like on. a jumper yeah. with the NYPD logo <laughs> on it, which I fucking love. Okay, so here and uh, we've mentioned this before, but I have to mention it again. So let's let's run down not only uh, what specifically this guy has been working on, but also where he's been. So not only has he been doing like hair and fiber, uh-huh. he's been doing dirt. He's also like building Lego models. Building Lego models, it's like he's also like apparently like ripping up cars and taking out like engines and shit like that, like on on the cars for that forensics. I was like, what is the cross training that these guys go through? Like, oh yeah, yeah the great. lab guy, be oh, in yeah. the lab, not like 
oh, hand me that fucking three-quarter-inch fucking socket wrench. I'm going to take the fucking lug nuts off this cruiser. Like, what is happening right now? What's they, his they, job they, description? They, have, they I don't know what his job description is. It's got to be pretty broad, though, because he literally does everything over there, except Swiss, for war, who Army deals man. with the bodies. Yeah. But, the So, okay. So... Like, I really want to read his him. resume. What is... Uh, th- and this is, I think, only his second episode? Is that no, right? No, no, he's been in a bunch. He's been how, in a bunch. How, what, what is the title of this episode? Uh, this is Counterfeit. Counter- yeah, this is... The, Which the, is... Yeah. This is the second episode that he's credited for. No Daniel fucking Sinjata? way. There's... No. The, hey, this is what... This is what the the IMDb tells me. That He's is in, really hard to believe. He was in Prodigy, which was last week's episode. And, right. And Counterfeit. Yeah. And then he's in a bunch more in the future. But they say CSU technician Bert Trevor. Oh, maybe because it maybe it was it was under a different name. Hang on. Hang on. I think hold, maybe he, he might have just been credited up. as like CSI tech. Yeah, I think or you just, might be right. Just general. I got excited. Guy. No, because well, we've talked about this before. Because I specifically pointed out, like, oh, he plays Franco on. Oh Rescue yeah, Man, and which he's was... he's a bomb squad officer. Yeah, sorry, this is mm-hmm. his third episode. Because he was a bomb squad That's officer it. in the season one episode called Remorse, which is like. He went from Bomb Squad to CSU Tech, so he's ve- he's very skilled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they really they really really like Marcosi for this now because you know it's a little suspicious that his, he got his fucking tires changed, but the gr- the wheel the gravel from the wheel well matches the gravel from the crime scene, so he was definitely there, or his car was well, definitely it was, there. It was consistent. No, no, no it consistent. was consistent. That's right. With. That's right. That's so right, that's right, that's does right. not. For sure, put him there, but you know enough to bring him in for questioning. Yeah, so they bring him in for questioning, and he says, "I've got nothing to hide." Well, he says well, they, as they his eyes a, are they screaming. A, they get a warrant actually to clear out his locker and his other precinct first. Correct. And he's got a bunch of like porn hanging in his locker, like and in fucking high school, and the Rough Rider condoms. Yes, the Rough Rider condoms. Oh, yes. Oh. That was my DMX impression. <laughs> Oh, I thought what? you were like a Tim Allen from... You sound like you're doing Tim Allen from Home Improvement. Yeah, this is the <laughs> second Home Improvement reference that I've made today. I had to explain to a bunch of 20-year-old students who Jonathan Taylor Thomas was and how popular he was when we were kids. Oh, yeah, he oh, J- off the JTT? Era. JTT! That's that it. fucking guy. That fucking guy. What, what, what's he up to? Because yeah. do you know that uh, Andrew Keegan, the guy from Seventh Heaven and Ten Things I Hate About You? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Andrew Keegan. Andrew he, Keegan? He was in Ten Things I Hate About You. He's like the, the really good looking douchebag. Oh, Ten- oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. Yep. Do you know that he started a cult? Wait, what? That sounds He's, about right. He's t- <laughs> oh, wow. He started a cult. Is it successful? Right. It's our. It's not great. They had like a Kickstarter, which is you know, yeah, not doing well. We need Kickstarter. 
Like, on a level of, like, zero to David Koresh, how successful of a cult leader is Oh, he? like, one, two. <laughs> his, his whole thing is, like... Uh, so, I think that they would probably take exception to me calling them a cult. It's like a commune. They believe in, like, fucking vortexes, and they play acoustic guitar. But it's, like, really weird. They, like, believe in weird shit. Oh, so they're hippies. Hippies, but, like... He, like he is their leader He's and he talks leader. to fucking god and whatever mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i mean the, the cults don't really interest me until we get to like david koresh level where it's like holy <laughs> right. fuck i'm not gonna join andrew keegan's cult vortexes mm-hmm. um so they bring him in he says that he's got nothing to hide he says that he is uh imperfect uh and bends the breaks the rules sometimes but he didn't rape nobody um, yep, and they find a third victim who uh, is like a, it has was, the rape was like six weeks old, and she didn't right. come forward so, because he was he was a cop, and she was afraid that she wouldn't be believed. Which is like, see, see, mm-hmm. it's a very reasonable thing. So like, whenever they're interviewing him, like he he basically has an answer for everything. And I wrote that down. I was like, man, he's got like everything covered in terms of like, oh well, where's uh. Fuck it. What's her? What's her name? The one that's uh, the the victim that disappeared. Uh, Raquel uh, Stevens. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not Francesca. It's Raquel. She's like, what happened to Raquel? They're like, she went to like a rehab program out of state. Like, I don't know what fucking happened to her beyond that. But I didn't like kill her or anything like that. They're like, well, what about this, this, and this? And he has like explanations that seem. Since our hackles are up, we're like, well, this seems like he's lying. But like, you know, as it turns out, it's like. No, it, he, these are actually the things that happened. Like, he wasn't lying. Yeah, they kind of so, seem like bullshit to me. But it turns out they're not. Or maybe right, they are. Like, and it's just and it's just a coincidence. Right. So, like, it, it's a scenario where it's like, after a certain point in time, I read down, I was like, wait, is there an actual chance that this guy didn't do it? Because in my mind, I was like, that was so inconceivable at that moment. Where I, I was agree. Like, no, no, no. He definitely, he definitely did it. They just got to, like, there's the one mm-hmm. thing that he's going to screw up where it's like, oh, the whole... The whole story comes crashing down around this one detail that he forgot to fucking account for. But then it got to a point where it's like, oh, no, he just he just genuinely didn't do it. Oh, well, this right, is weird yeah. then. <laughs> I was I, I, I was certain it was him. Um, and so then they uh, they talk to the real victim, number one, whose name I didn't catch. But they bring Wong in for like a um, evaluation. Maybe. He also might not exist. Yeah, he also might not exist. <laughs> um, and so Wong, who knows what actually happens in the scene. And Wong, with like a, like a haymaker, is like, did he have sexual difficulties? <laughs> yeah, I was like, where did that come from? But, but, but he was right. Yeah. Right, again, like, we give Wong a lot of, like, leeway where it's like, he's just gonna say some well, shit like- without any establishment. He's just going to say it, and we have to just trust that his character just knows, which is why he can say it. No, I also feel like the the writers sometimes use him as like, we have this exposition that we want to get out there. Yeah, Let's absolutely. just have him know that he know these things about this guy. Yeah, he's just kind of the, the sloppy exposition machine where it's like, all right, well, we've yeah. got to dump some exposition, but we don't have a good way of doing it. Let's just bring Wong in, and he'll explain this, it. This one was particularly magical because maybe it was because of her reaction because, like, you know what? He did. It's like, now um, that you mention it, son of a bitch, I wasn't really thinking about it, but he did get yeah. soft for a bit and then beat the fuck out yeah. of me, and then all of a sudden yeah. he started raping me again. Yeah. Huh, I never thought about that. And it was when she stopped resisting, 
that that he got soft. Yeah. And she's got like some great like hand motion acting. <laughs> Whenever she's trying to like, you know, convey that like he he lost his erection and then got it and whenever he got it back like there's like a like a finger point moment i, w- I wish that there was like a slide whistle sound effect like boop, boop. no 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 if you, that, that would have been too on the nose well whatever uh <laughs> yeah and so and so um Marcosi offers to like stand in stand in a lineup he also says that his story changes a little too so he says that he was there at like in the vicinity of the rape and he saw what he thought was his boss's cruiser like a dark blue mm-hmm. cruiser that looked like it belonged to his boss and so at this point i'm wondering the boss that uh that live and They'll talk to you yeah and mm-hmm. and at this point i'm wondering if it was the boss which i thought would have been a cool twist right i wrote that down too but it also like doesn't make any sense why the fuck would the boss be like I know he said that they're like the pain in the ass or whatever like that, and but like, what like if again I'm not in law enforcement so I don't know how this works, but it's like if you're fucking around on your shift or whatever like that and you're not in the place you're supposed to be, I don't think it's a scenario that your boss jumps in his car and goes driving to find you. Right, which is no, no, why no, I think he thought the boss was up to something shady. Yeah, which is why he like watched them. I mean, so originally, right. like his original story was that he got a call from the, his boss. Or that the that the boss called them and then they like magically appeared, right? Um, and so like now that the but wait, did now, he admit that he was having sex with a hooker at the time? Correct. Okay. Yeah, he didn't deny the relationship with the one that disappeared. He was just like, I had nothing to do with her disappearing. But yeah, we went on a couple of dates. It was like a real Romeo and Juliet situation. Yeah, I didn't pay for it because that would be illegal. Um, it's and it's essentially the same thing that happened, like happened with Rigoli, where he just like admits to other crimes, just not the crimes that they are investigating <laughs> at this moment. And they're like, "Well, looks like our hands are tied. We got nothing we can do." <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Okay. So it's just r- like now it's it's getting almost needlessly complicated at this yeah. point. So now they get now they get the a hair up their ass that maybe it's not the cops, but someone who is impersonating a cop. Right, so they have, and this was the part that was kind of concerning was the fact that like, okay, so we're going to run this down. They talk to the IAB guy and they're like, okay, can you give me all of your files on like the police impersonation unit? (laughs) There's a unit. There's a whole unit that is dedicated to people impersonating New York City police officers. I don't know which I should be more concerned about. That there are that many people impersonating cops or that they they have a unit devoted to them? Both, frankly. That it's such a prevalent problem, but also that the NYPD has realized this and can't really get their shit together in terms of clamping down the supply chain to make it so that people can't be impersonating cops. Sounds like like they're trying to, at least. Yeah, in the episode they talk about shutting down two of the three stores and putting one on probation and whatnot. Right, but the one was like, yeah, we caught this one that was like egregiously violating the rules, but they're just on probation now. Or it's like, well, why would you? No, just shut them down. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That, well, I do think... you know like all like the stolen valor stuff and all that with the armies? No. Like, there's a whole uh, thing where people impersonating army people, and then people will like make these stolen valor videos of like, online of people actually in the army calling them out and all that stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember Congress was trying to pass an act that made it like a fucking buco felony to do that. 
didn't pass. Oh, really? it, didn't go, it didn't go anywhere. It's called like the Stolen Valor Act or something like that. Uh-huh. So I think I think interestingly, I, like uh, I think that the store also supplies to real cops because when they go to the store, he says that he checked ID, right? And I think that means that like this is where actual recruits and like people who just got out of whatever the academy go to get their uniforms as well and this guy was just like was put on probation for not checking ids the proper way or like also selling to people who weren't cadets or recruits or whatever right yeah and he was like look all my in-store purchases are legit they're like yeah but the mailing list is real fucked up and he's like well i can't argue with you on that it's like well then stop Stop doing mail orders then. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you do? There's a simple solution to this problem. It's just stop fucking selling it via UPS. Yeah. But um, how? So they, so they, they get his six month, last six months of receipts, and they find a couple. They find like three people who have um, bought fake uniforms, and and only one of them his like timeline lines up and the dude's name is Jeffrey Trapani, right? Uh, I didn't catch his name, but did we talk about how fucking what's his name comes in and actually like helps them with this? Oh yeah. 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 So right after that, uh, it's kind Mar- of a big moment. Marcosi comes in. They like, they like give this as Marcosi's leaving. They give him this like spiel about like, you know, you should be helping us. Cause there's, there's someone out there that's, that's hurting people. And he basically tells him to fuck off, which I mean, rightfully so, given oh, everything man. that he'd gone through. I'm like, yeah, I, I given everything I can that he's gone he through, might be. fucking all those hookers. Well, I know, but like the fact that they were like trying to completely, you know, ruin him for something that turns out he actually didn't do. So I can see how someone could harbor some resentment for that. Yeah. So so yeah. So then he comes back and gives gives them something. Do you do you, do you recall this, the, um, Quessy? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I do. Oh, well, fuck you, Quessy. Matt. All right, well, Questy, you know, Aviv called on you, Questy, so why don't you <laughs> go ahead and tell us what happened then? Hello, listeners, and pardon the interruption. Um, this is the point in the show where Questy's microphone cut out, so we lost him for the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, we apologize for that, um, but we encourage you to check him out at QuessyIsFunny.com. That's spelled K-W-A-S-I, IsFunny.com. And we want to thank him for being on the show and uh, and invite him back anytime he wants for, you know, the entire show. So uh, now we return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. Um, yes, and so and so that isn't li- that isn't linked to Jeffrey Trapani, but Jeffrey Trapper, and they decide that that's close enough. So they go and get like a warrant to search his place, right? Because they break into his place and they find like just blood in a bed. Yeah, that seems normal. Yeah, I mean, don't you just like bleed all over your bed? I mean, yeah, my my sheet bill is enormous. Um, is that not is that is that not a thing? I just have red sheets. Smart. See, I should just stop having white sheets. Uh, so, so they're like, well, my bleach bill is through the roof, through the yeah, Mister Clean bill. Uh, so, so <laughs> now they hatch like another really like roundabout plan where they find out that he works for the Parks Department, and Cragen's like, okay, we'll tail him to see if. Oh, oh, no, no, no we're missing something huge, which is that they go to talk to uh, the second victim. Um, Francesca, and she is gone. 
Right. So now they're like, okay, so he's probably holding. Yeah, a cop took her away and she's screaming, this guy raped me, this guy raped me. And they're like, I don't know what to do. This guy's a cop. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, gentlemen. If we saw a person yelling about that and then a cop. What, what are you going to do? Tackle the cop? No, I would call the. Do? I would call other cops. Maybe I don't know. That's a really tough spot, actually. I understand that's a tough spot. I'm just saying, like, we're, we, let, let's not be holier than thou about this. Like, it's it's easy for us to be like, oh, absolutely, I would stand up and do the right thing. It's like, eh, I don't know, that guy's got a gun and I will just, shoot me if I try I just, to. I don't know what the right him. thing is in that situation. Right, and that's the problem. It's that's. You know, I'm saying so. Let's let's not be so so critical of the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. He so, like, he was you, getting real, ma- real material. Yeah, I suppose that he would probably be able to convince people that he was a cop, like anybody that he was a cop, which is like right, horrifying. Like, that's, that's the difficulty. Horrifying beyond belief. Well, that's the difficulty if someone's like like impersonating a cop with actual police issued stuff, like not from like a costume shop where you can like clearly like yeah, that's a fucking plastic badge where it's like no 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 this is an actual badge bought at the place where the cops buy their shit um yeah actually a a good piece of advice that i heard um is that if a police officer ever comes to your uh place of residence your your home your apartment whatever like that and there's really no reason that you can think of why they would have to be there is uh don't open the door for them tell them to hang the fuck on call 911 tell them the person that is there and ask them to call the police officer that is outside of your door. And then if you hear their radio go off being like, could you verify if you're at this address, or whatever like that, then you know the dispatcher has gone through is, the proper channels is legit. and contacted that police officer. And it's an actual police officer as opposed to someone that is impersonating a police officer. Don't be annoyed as fuck, I'm sure. But at the same time, but none, none of this applies, of course, if you're being harassed by the real police. Right, that's that's to make sure that there's an actual police officer there, correct? Not a person that is impersonating a police officer. Uh, yep. So so they go to uh, uh, Jeffrey Trapani's apartment. They find blood bed. They also know that he works at the parks department, and I guess he's like their Jerry Gergich. Um, and <laughs> and uh, and so now they hatch this really weird harebrained kind of thing where like. Cragen is going to keep, like try to put a, a twenty on him and follow him, um, and see if he leads back to Francesca. No, Me- no, no, no. That's not that's not Cragen's. I thought that was like I thought Cragen didn't want to do that, but Liv did. Well, was but Liv- was it Cragen, Liv, and Finn wanted to do that? Right, and so Cragen allows them to go to Central Park or to the park to like see if he's there, and and to Finn and and Olivia go and say that even though they see him, they call in that they that he's not there because they want to I guess continue to follow him, and so yeah, they, Liv makes that call in that moment. Yeah, he's like picking up trash with like one of those spear things, and Finn and Finn's like he's stabbing it like he's a murderer. <laughs> Um, yeah, but- and then Liv, Liv makes the call, and she's like, all right, well, tell him, uh, tell everyone that he's not here. And like, there's that moment where Finn's like, you never really know someone until you work with them. Yeah, yeah. And it's he like, cut- you know, if, we, if we're wrong, we're both going to be back in, like, uniforms, uniforms, like beat cops. Yeah, but he's also, like, impressed. 
Like there is this like level of of, res- of newfound respect in his voice now. He's like, "You crazy, Liv? <laughs> you crazy for this one, Liv?" Um, I mean, he might as well have said like Riggs at that in that moment. <laughs> so they they tail him to a cop bar because you know clearly he wants to be a cop, so he goes to drink at a cop bar, and then like Liv and Finn have this like slightly too loud fake conversation about like oh we're on the tail of this rapist oh this girl's probably definitely dead because it's too dangerous to keep her alive and like letting him he overhear them so he'll like go and kill her real quick uh in order to you know (laughs) i guess yeah i mean it was something about it was like a little too on the nose where it's like if i was like anyone i'd be like this seems a little like no one talks like this yeah, like but, I'm at a cop bar. I I sit around and, and hear cops talk all the time, and they don't talk like this because this seems like such a stilted conversation. Also, the uh, also the like he just like gets up and runs out. He like doesn't pay. Well, he could have paid in cash and just he like, could have yeah he could have paid up front in cash. There's nothing on the bar, so he may have been a bad tipper, but still like he leaves extremely conspicuously. Right, and not to mention the fact like. Everyone in this bar that is populating this bar is all decked out in like their like blues, NYPD apparel. No, not even that. It's like NYPD sweatshirts, and like T-shirts, everything like that. And my question is like, okay, this is a cop bar, as we've established. This guy is not actually a cop; he's impersonating a cop. Don't you think one of the cops might ask him at a certain point in time, like, where you work, so, buddy? You know, yeah. What precinct are you from? And he was gonna have to come up with something, and someone's gonna eventually be like, really, I know. You know, someone there. Yeah, Who cop, the fuck are you? Cops know each other. Uh, yeah. It kind of seems like this plan would have fallen apart almost instantaneously as soon as he stepped in that bar. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. It's nitpicky, but I... I just, no, I agree with you. He's like... he's He is like... Uh, like, you know that episode of... Um, of SNL that The Rock hosted in like the early 2000s where he where he plays Clark Kent as Superman and he just like walks into the Daily Planet with like in a suit but with the Superman tights underneath and like can't hide the fact that he's super that feels like what this guy is fucking doing Jerry Gergich is doing right now doesn't it actually turn out to be Gary Gergich it does t- turn out to be Gary and then they change it to Larry um, so they tail Jerry Gergich directly. I'm not going to stop it. They tail him directly to his like kill lair where Francesca is like tied up, like on a bare mattress. Like he like really just took it right out of a movie. And I believe that it is the character's lack of creativity and not the show's lack of creativity. Cause I like feel like he just like loves like being both the cop and the villain. And and behind her are like stapled to the wall all of the licenses that he took from all of his victims, just like in kind of an array. So yeah, he, so it's it's basically just like an evidence den. Yeah, right. Here's all the evidence. So like, he, it's like if you if you find this, I am so fucked. Do they do they beat him there? No, they they don't beat him at all. Oh, that's right. They like they like arrest him, but she says that he told her that like we're almost done here, which means like he was like about to kill her. Which like also, and Finn was saying like you we shouldn't we shouldn't have followed so slowly because like he she could be dead by no, now. No, no, no. It was the other way around. Like oh, Liv was that. like we should have followed more closely, and Finn's like he would have fucking made us right. So like calm the fuck down. 
But here's so... Alright. I... Okay. So, here's the, the question. So, we've established that this episode was essentially broken up into three components. The, the concluding element was the least interesting of the three. And we can partially know this by the fact that the... Fucking that the the villain literally has one line, which is "You're hurting me." Yeah, you're hurting me. Ow. That's it. So a the villain is an under five. He sure is. Literally, it's an under five. Yeah, I guess that. This yeah. is it. This is the fucking conclusion. Yeah, this in is an our under Dick five Wolf. person. There was nothing compelling about the guy's even physical acting. He no? wasn't like particularly. Well, he crazy. was stabbing. He, had, he was stabbing really well. Like we've had some episodes where like the the you know the the perpetrator actually like doesn't have a whole lot of lines. Like what was the one where they have to like the guy cuts a deal so they can go and recover the body of one of the victims that they never found and he's got like I think literally like two lines where he just like says they're like, "Oh, you you know, you're four victims." And he's just like five. Five. Yeah, I remember that. Way yeah. Where it's like, I think that's literally his only line in the fucking episode, but he just like emotes so much that you're like terrified of this guy. This, this Jamook that's fucking yeah, it like, doesn't you're do hurting a whole me. Lot. It's like, come on, man. Like, his fuck, name, you're Dick Wolf. You've got a whole universe going here. His name is Paul Regina. Well, he too. Could have had two jobs better after actor. this. Um, oh. Yeah. So that that's our Dick Wolf, and that's our episode, uh, Law and Order SVU. Oh, he died in two thousand and six. Wait, in what year? Two thousand and six. So he so he um, so he did this, and then he did something called The Blue Lizard in two thousand and two, and then uh, he was in a movie called Monty in uh, in two thousand six, and then he died. Okay, so look, I I no no no, I don't feel like a jerk because here's the thing. <laughs> I, he had he, four years. He had four years to find other work, and he didn't. And I'm I'm sticking by my statement: not a great actor. Uh, yeah, he was. Let's let's be honest about this: not a great performance. Not a, not a great performance. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Paul Regina. But yes, I mean R.I.P. him. But I just I stick by my <laughs> statement. Uh, oh, Jesus. Well, that's what what a what a note to end on. Um, so, yeah, overall thoughts. I still enjoyed this episode, but I definitely enjoyed the beginning more. I, I think this episode was, it was good because they mixed it up because they had, uh, Finn and Liv, and I thought they had a pretty interesting dynamic. I uh, did like that. That, that I, worked well. I, I did like the fact that they, that, that it wasn't your typical... Benson Stabler episode, just switching. I it think. Up. I mean, I and I agree that you know the whole kind of segmenting it more or less into thirds, and they they set it up with a really good, intricate, interesting storyline, and then just abandoned it. Um, yeah, that's for, that's the that's the kind of problem. That's the problem. That I yeah, have. It, like it was in favor of something that was not nearly as compelling, and then I think that the the message that it ultimately sense that we were talking about earlier is ultimately kind of dangerous in terms of like the well like you should be definitely wary of the cops and it's you know they they can commit crimes too and maybe obey the cops like but don't like just like be complacent to them uh but then it turns out never mind you should because uh this guy he's a dick but you know he didn't actually do it so your suspicions yeah are yeah not it's valid. like it's like pulling your punches, right? Like if it were and if it were a real cop, the the 
killer, the whole story would have more weight, I think. Right. So I, I just think, you know, in retrospect, it, the message, not great. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's at least how it kind of came across. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not great acting from our, our villain. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's my takeaway. So I'm putting it mid-third. Way, to spit, of, way uh, to spit on top. his grave, Matt. I, what the fuck? Like, come on. You, what, we can't be critical of dead people now? Uh, fucking top middle third. I'm putting this uh, middle third of yeah. uh, the episodes this season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, that is our episode. There's no real trivia corner. Um, yeah. Thank you for being on with us, Quessy. You can come back uh, anytime you. you want. Yeah, please, please do, Quessy. And uh, if people want to find you or any of your work, uh, where can they go and find you if they wish to do so? Once again, that website is QuessyIsFunny.com, K-W-A-S-I, IsFunny.com. And at Quessy A. Mensa on Twitter, K-W-A-S-I-A-M-E-N-S-A-H on Twitter. So, uh, next, tune in next week when we will be viewing and reviewing Law & Order SVU Season 3, Episode 15, entitled Execution, when... Of the parents of a teenage murder victim approach Stabler, he goes with Wong to interview the prime suspect, a serial killer soon to be executed in a New Jersey prison. This one sounds awesome. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Well, I can't, I literally cannot wait until we do that now. Uh, and CSU technician Bert Trevor is back. Let's see what he's wearing this time. Uh, <laughs> so until next week, four. Law and Order Special Viewing Unit. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. So, Aviv, are we going to uh, go ahead and promote our Twitter and email? No. Stuff, oh, we're yeah. Gonna no. Do uh, we're going to forget about that. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, <laughs> we're at, S- at SVU Podcast. Or uh, if you want to send us an email uh, for something that won't fit into a tweet, so it's specialviewingunit at gmail.com. And we would ask all of our listeners to please do give us a rate and review on iTunes. It does help on the business end of things and helps people find the show uh, who might be looking for it. Uh, so yeah. please do that. So now, if you can go ahead with your uh, your exit uh, and, so, and edit that in somewhere else. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it right where it is. So Of course for, you are, because that's just going to be laziness at the end of the episode. So it's like, ah, fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, so for Law and Order Special Victims Unit, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Matt Reuter. <laughs> and we'll see uh, we you next week. <laughs> so bad. Gung gung? Gung gung. Oh, it came off the rails at the end there. That was just...